0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Football Fate and How to Change It podcast. It's episode four. My name is Tim, and I'm joined both in a actual lockdown this time uh,
1: by my co-host Warren Frogger. Warren, how you doing, mate? I'm doing uh, not too bad, considering that uh, we're in the third lockdown. But we've now yes. had uh, more lockdown than Sheffield United have got points this season. So you know, at the time recording, nice. it could be a lot worse. As far as I'm concerned, how are you? Doing? Did you see their tweet yesterday uh, about? Chris
0: Wild again, oh, his hundredth win, uh... <laughs> and they were like, "How long's that been in the draft, then, boys?" <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm good, mate. I'm, uh, I'm sleep deprived. I was mm. up till five o'clock in the morning watching uh, American football, mm. uh, which is pretty exciting. Obviously, not as exciting as what we we're about to talk about. But I'll be honest, mate. Uh, was it a mistake? Maybe. <laughs> I'm not going to rule that out, but oh, I enjoyed, enjoyed it. Only time will tell, but uh, it was fun. I had a good time. Uh, we all had a laugh. And by equal, I mean
1: just me. It's very, yeah, it's true. You were not joined by anyone. No, uh, and that's not a lockdown restriction. That's, uh, that's very That's much simply, it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just something. I'm sad. Uh, it's <laughs> but, funny that uh, you mentioned American football. I was very, if anyone out there has checked out our Twitter account, you've noticed that we're doing a little bit of a new thing where we, uh, we you know, I'm not going not gonna to go into it too much. Just have a look if you're interested at Football Fate Pod. But uh, I was extremely close for my player yesterday, being the one and only Clint Dempsey. uh, Were you? I'm not saying that he won't ever make an appearance, (laughs) but uh, I went for a different player instead. But if you're interested in that, feel free to check out what that is. But, to (laughs) matters at hand, Timbo, we've got episode four. Would you like me to go through exactly what we're going to be talking about today? I would absolutely love you to take the people through what we're going to be talking about today. Spare no detail. I will spare no detail at all for the people. So basically, this is a little bit of a different episode instead of going for the exact same sort of sliding doors moment or even uh, a, a sort of a moment in general. What we're taking a look at is is Leicester City and what would have happened if they'd have got relegated at the end of the 2014-15 season because if you remember in real life they pulled off a remarkable great escape. Ridiculous escape. Then went thing. on to uh, win the league in the following season. Now, we're looking at what might have happened had Leicester actually got relegated, as they probably should have done. Obviously, you know, has quite a lot of bearing on the next season. Uh, but we're very excited. <laughs> just and uh, just a little bit, yeah. Um, it would be, <laughs> not to spoil anything, but they don't win the Premier League after getting relegated. Well, uh, or, or, the, do the next season. or do or they? Or do they?
0: Um, like, honestly I'm sure you found this as well but looking back into it I remember at the time thinking like this is ridiculous how they've stayed up but looking mm. like back into it when you take each result
1: it's honestly some yeah. of the I couldn't believe it how did they stay up it would genuinely it's absolutely not to, ludicrous not to uh, not to rub it in it's just the it's the current example it would be like Sheffield United staying up this season you would and it's they could like... I still think Sheffield United
0: no. could I don't think they're completely no. dead and buried
1: well let's the one make
0: it funnier when they do go down
1: That's true, but anyway, that's uh, we're looking at that tall tale, and I do believe, Tim, it's me to go first. It is due
0: to the uh, contrasting fortunes of the other Sheffield football club.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's it's a it's a wonderful time to be alive right now. Sunshine Uh, and rainbows. What was the statistic I just? Oh yeah, we've last five games we've uh, won four, drawn one, and we've had three separate managers. So that seems like, uh, if anything, they should just continue to you know carry on the sort of carousel. (laughs) I imagine a guy in the dugout in a couple yeah, of weeks, mate. I'm sure me and my granddad will will co-manage them over some sort of uh, hopefully the next FA Cup tie. But anyway, we're gonna get <laughs> into the tall tale and I'm gonna go first. So in, my tale really is a story all about managerial redemption. Uh, <laughs> there's an element of hard Brexit survival. There always there. there always will be. Um there's a very emotional night for Danny Alves in there. Um, okay. It's really a story all about flying the flag of Algeria, and uh, <laughs> there's good a flag by the way. If we're <laughs> ranking flags, that's up there. It actually isn't there. It's a good flag. It's a good flag. It's a good flag. It's a uh, there's a cursed One Direction concert in the middle of everything, <laughs> and a golden era for the Derbyshire Ornithological Society, but. <laughs> <laughs> My tall tale starts uh, in 2014-15. Actually, on New Year's Day in 2015. Does it? Okay. Leicester have an away fixture on, uh, to start the calendar year. They travel to Anfield to play an eighth-placed Liverpool. Um, oh, this, yeah, funnily yeah, enough, this. was a Brendan Rodgers manager Liverpool at the time. He's a you know, current Leicester manager back in 2014-15. Of yeah. Off the back of his nearly season, Liverpool are struggling. Leicester was doubly struggling. They just got promoted. I just burped. They just got promoted at this point, despite a good opening to the season. Um, they'd actually, if you remember, that on they had like a good opening five games. It culminated like, in that fifth game against Man United. With yeah, a, the five three, wasn't it it was a Cambiasso masterclass mixed oh, in I with a delightful Di De Maria chip. Um, but since then, naughty that chip, it was disgraceful. But um, since then, up until this fixture at Anfield, they've gone thirteen games without a win, and they'd only picked up two points. Um, they did just manage a win away at Hull City in the fixture just before this one. And in real life, they used that platform um, to get a 2 all draw against uh, against Liverpool, which sort of started a mini mid-season revival for them. Uh, but not in this tall tale. So the exact sliding doors moment of my tall tale comes at the end of this game. Um, Liverpool's two goals had come from two Stephen Gerrard penalties. Um, the first penalty was possibly the worst decision i've ever seen um and there's been a few there's been a lot but do you know when i struggled to believe that liverpool got a soft penalty <laughs> do you know when well this wasn't even soft it was it was like objectively wrong uh <laughs> I, I won't go too much into the details i'm really tempted to link the 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 highlights of the video because it shows it and it's just it it you couldn't get it more wrong anyway but it's an incorrect handball decision of all things and, uh, it touched his foot. He <laughs> touches his head. Um, <laughs> anyway, but it gets given, and uh, Gerald slots it. That's the first penalty. The second penalty was also on ball, funnily enough, and uh, it, even that was like fairly dubious. But you know, they get yeah. that one, and uh, Gerald slots it as well. So it's two penalties for Liverpool, just like real life. Second half, David Nugent scores a Decaneo esque scissor kick. This is all stuff that really happened, and then Geoffrey Schlupp right. of all people sticks one yeah. in to tie up the game. Honestly, it's the most vintage Barclays you've ever seen. <laughs> but this is the sliding doors moment. 87th minute at 2-2. Liverpool, in the game in real life, appeal for their third penalty. Wes Morgan and Fabio Barini are tussling in the box. Barini Jesus goes down. Liverpool know. had a real barren spell, didn't they? Oh, it was ropey. It probably wasn't a penalty, but that's never stopped Mike Jones before. And at this universe, yeah. At Anfield, he does give it. So Gerard steps up, chance to win the game in the Dine Embers, and he does. He sticks it top left, making it a hat trick of penalties for the Liverpool captain. Which, here's a bit of Premier League trivia for you first time a player has ever scored a hat trick with three penalties.
0: Is it? Okay, I like that.
1: But this condemned Leicester to a 3 2 defeat late on. And, you know, even after they, they sort of fought back from 2 0 down, lost 3 2, confidence below that one. Yeah. And therefore, in their next game, which is against Aston Villa. Uh, In real life, Leicester took a 2-2 draw and they got a 1-0 win against Villa. But after such a defeat at Anfield in this tall tale, the result swings the other way. And it is a 1-0 loss to Aston Villa, courtesy of a solitary Christian Benteke goal on the stroke of a player. Back in the day, he certainly was. I always Um, took
0: him over Lukaku back in the day.
1: I did as well, Tim. I did as well. Absolutely. Back in like 13-14 kind of era. Yeah. But then it, it switched as soon as Benteke's soul entered Lukaku's body. When he went to (laughs) Everton. Anyway, Craig Shakespeare. uh, Whoops. Uh, After this Villa result, um, it's now one win in fifteen games, and uh, they're seven points away from safety, nearly halfway through the season. And uh, the reason that I say Craig Shakespeare is, I skipped a line in my script because Craig Shakespeare is put in temporary charge to oversee the next fixture because Leicester sack Nigel Pearson. Ah, God. So they must be ostriches. So Pearson's out the door. Pearson's out the door. Uh, Craig Shakespeare's put in charge uh, to see the next fixture, which is a fated 1 0 loss uh, at home to Stoke. Uh, Bojan, of all people, getting their only goal. Really There's another like name Bojan for it. Bojan as well. I well, really like Bojan. That's, that's where our comparisons end up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Leicester looked at the managerial market at this point, and and they realised that there was someone who he had some experience managing the top six. You know, he had a lot of managerial experience in general, uh, and he was up for the fight. And the man that they got in was David Moyes, who had just come off the back of a very <laughs> unsuccessful year at Real Sociedad, uh, and he's brought in. Um, to, he was actually out of a job at this point because a couple of months later he ended up at Sunderland, but he comes into Leicester at right. this point. So um, try and keep him up, and results do not improve. Uh, long story short, uh, this is how, in my tall tale, Leicester get relegated. Uh, Pearson does not stick around to perform the great escape. Moyes gets drafted in. He can't do it. They end up finishing at second bottom, if you're interested, QPR bottom, and uh right. Hull City were the third bottom team. It is actually the team that survived, uh, is actually Burnley. Burnley. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they perform their very own great escape, which is a kickstarted, funnily enough, with a 1 0 win at home to Leicester, um, which mm. sort of all but relegates Leicester. But um, with five games of the season left to go, Burnley go on to win three of the four in the running uh, and win on the last day of the season to stay up in 17th place. So there is a sort of big, hard Brexit great escape, but it's Sean Deitch rather than Nigel Pearson. But anyway. <laughs> Leicester are indeed relegated, just one year after uh, just one year in the Premier League, and they'll start the 15 16 season in the Championship. First of all, Moyes leaves the club at the end of that season because he does not keep them up. Right. He is replaced with uh, an Italian, uh, formerly of Chelsea, to start the 2015-16 season. Oh, Jesus, it is of course Gianfranco Zola. Zola was it? I was pulling for Di Matteo. Zola comes in, uh, to manage Leicester in the championship. Obviously, Leicester want to have an immediate return to the Premier League, uh, definitely got sort of playoffs at the very least in mind. Um, and they got Zola in, you know, he didn't have a bad, he'd not been in management that long. Zola he didn't have an awful track record, he was at West Ham for a bit, wasn't he? Um, yeah. however. Leicester ended the 15-16 campaign in a disappointing 17th place in the championship, amassing 52 points. Uh, If you're wondering why that is, it is because Gianfranco Zola is not a very good manager. No, Um, no. He he really does get found out. Yeah, almost instantly, I would say. Um, (laughs) Not a good season for them. Uh, Zola left at the end of the season. Um, The season where, in real life, they should have been lifting the Premier League trophy. Here, they're sat one place behind Reading announcing Richie De La as their player of the season. But there were big things happening elsewhere. First of all, the championship table obviously looks very different uh, than in real life now. In real life... Well, Burnley aren't there. to well, they, they were champions, weren't they? They certainly were. In real life, they, they just got relegated, but then they absolutely romped the league to go back up, where they've stayed in the Premier League since then. However, here they stayed in the Premier League, and Leicester took their place in the championship. So Leicester finishing seventeenth means that everyone above them got pushed up a place. Right. So it was Ito Karanka's Middlesbrough that got sent up as champions, and then Chris Hewins' Brian followed them up in second place. So the playoffs were like this: Hull City in third, Derby County in fourth, my beloved Sheffield Wednesday were now in fifth, I'll and the uh, and the team that snuck into the playoffs in sixth place, Ipswich Town. I Oh, up the
0: tractor, boys.
1: <laughs> so, the first semi-final is Hull versus Ipswich. First leg, Portman Road, ends 0 nil Second leg, at the sure. KCOM, it is a 2-1 win, sadly, for Hull. Uh, goals coming from Abel Hernandez and Sam Klukas. Ipswich's goal coming from the one and only Brett Pittman. But after two legs, it was Hull <laughs> What City. is he at that point, like 45? Yeah, Stone. Uh, Brett Pittman <laughs> uh, after two legs it was still Hull City going through to Wembley that year as was fated but the other semi-final is Sheffield Wednesday versus Derby County uh, first leg is at Hillsborough a 1-0 win actually no it's not first leg is at Pride Park it was a 1-0 win uh, for Wednesday with a goal coming from Kieran Lee of all people of course second He's leg gone now, has gone he just oh, went mate. to Bolton. It was uh, am- yeah, emotional I was to scenes. comfort you about that. I'm sorry about that. He's in the background You're of right. this video. There he is. <laughs> um, second leg is uh, at Aylesborough and it's actually a 2-0 win for Derby County, with goals oh, awesome. coming from uh, uh, Chris Martin and Johnny Russell. I'm trying not to think about it, even though it wasn't real. Um, but it did <laughs> send Derby to Wembley and condemn Wednesday to another year in the championship. So, the final at Wembley is Hull now versus Derby County. And you might be surprised to hear it is actually Derby who eke out a 1-0 win. Uh goal coming from ex-hole winger Tom Inns. Oh, so Darby. Derby is the uh is the team going up. And uh do you know who's managing Derby to their promotion this season? Just State as in Clown? real life. Nope. Nigel Pearson. Is it? It is okay. Nigel Pearson at this point. Um just as in real life. So that's how the championship table ended up. In the Premier League, Tim, I have got some bad news for you. Oh, God. In real life, Arsenal finished second uh, to Leicester in this year. But without Leicester in the league, Arsenal did still finish second. They actually did the double over Leicester uh, in their promotion. um, Sorry, in their title winning season, Arsenal beat them twice. Uh, Don't know if you remember a particularly limsy Danny Welbeck goal. Danny Welbeck goal, yeah. Yeah. Little sad note about that. They were Arsenal were fourteen to one on, uh, fourteen to one against to win that game when Welbeck came on, and I was like, I could see them winning it from here, but I bottled it, bottled putting a fiver on it. So more for You're me. You've never had the bottle. I never have. You've anyway. never had it. <laughs> I really haven't. Um, <laughs> so without Leicester in the league, Arsenal lose out on six points, and Tottenham didn't beat Leicester all that season. So they gain. I'm saying four points because of it, and that was enough to get Tottenham their Premier League trophy under Mauricio Pochettino. There is still at least a new team winning the Premier League in 1516, 16 as was fated. But it was in fact Mauricio Pochettino's as Tottenham Hotspur. Mike, and if you absolutely sick, doesn't it? <laughs> if you're wondering who Tottenham's player of the season was, uh, well, it was the uh, first African and first Algerian. To win the PFA Player of the Season in this universe, uh, Nabil Bentaleb, um, who <laughs> who currently you've got to have an Algerian winning it, Uh no, he, course, yeah. and he currently plays uh, for Schalke. Hence, uh, my delightful little Schalke number that I've got on right He's now. A lovely number. Do you say they won yesterday for the first time in like
0: thirteen yeah. games? One well, of some American equal, yeah, um, Hopper or
1: something like that. Mm. He got like a hat trick. His first first ever senior goal. Is he gets hat trick. Wait, good for him. Have they still got? Mental. Have they still got Wagner in charge? Who's to manage Huddersfield?
0: No, nah, I think he's gone. I can't mm. remember who he is now, but I I'm pretty know. sure they shit Wagner out. Yeah, um, I, I would imagine so. <laughs> I mean, uh, you'd think so, given that Schalke and they had next Huddersfield
1: Town manager. You'd think he probably wouldn't last long. But and uh, and I don't think he did. Um, I think Schalke are like the worst form team. Uh, in oh, they were. It was right now So it, I'm proud to wear the shirt If they didn't win yesterday They would have equaled like a
0: 50 odd year record yeah. For when a team was literally just put in the league Because they were from Berlin
1: <laughs> And they are all like plumbers and shit oh, Brilliant Up the Bundesliga Anyway um, <laughs> So Tottenham win the league Obviously it's a big success story The other sort of real success story Was actually Burnley Who had a tremendous season After only just surviving the previous year Uh, much like Leicester. They didn't go on to win the league, but they did go on to notch a fourth place finish under Sean Dyche, qualifying for the Champions League. Um, Speaking of the Champions League, that was much the same. Uh, Real Madrid still beat Atletico uh, in the final on penalties, which is quite a sad one. Um, But the Europa League was affected. Do you remember what I told you at the start of the tall tale that Leicester's problems really began when Liverpool beat them in the previous season, 3-2? Yes. Well that win actually bumped Liverpool up to fifth place and Tottenham were shunted down into sixth in 2015. So that meant that the Europa League campaign that year, Liverpool and sorry in uh, this year in 15-16, Liverpool and Tottenham's runs in the competition were reversed. So it was actually Spurs that met Sevilla in the 2015-16 Europa League final in Basel. Uh, now, this final, Liverpool lost in real life, but now Sevilla are playing Tottenham. Uh, however, as we all know, water being wet, Sevilla will always win a Europa Sevilla League do final. do not lose. They simply Europe do league not lose. Europa finals in Sevilla. There is, will be no severe defeats. Absolutely not. Um, and they Sevilla still lift the trophy for the third time under the one and only Unai Emery. Um, but Spurs had won the league, and they made it to a European final, and this changed things. Uh, I'm going to tell you how they change things right now. So, Pochettino gets poached at the start of the 16-17 season by, very topically, PSG. Uh, They go for Pochettino, who just obviously done the Premier League and got the European Cup final, over the man that they actually hired in 2016, which was Unai Emery. So this means that Unai Emery stays on one more year at Sevilla. Anyway, we'll just touch on Leicester, because... Uh, they're obviously playing another season of the Championship. And uh, they've got a new manager in the shape of Tony Mowbray. Um, and <laughs> oh, Leicester... Like. It, yeah, you know, Tony Mowbray is not the worst manager in the world. He's not the best. Not um, best, though, no. <laughs> But to be fair to him, Leicester do mount a playoff push this year, but they do just fall short. They finish 7th place. But they're showing improvement. And to be fair, at this point, Leicester is still very much seen as like a second-tier team. You know, it's then yeah. it, it wouldn't be quite as as uh, much of a travesty as it would be now. Anyway, but uh, in the championship, Brighton weren't in the league because uh, they got um, uh, promoted right. the previous year. Yeah. So it was Newcastle and Reading that go up automatically in 16-17. Sheffield Wednesday, who finished fourth in real life, they move up to third, agonizingly close to automatics. Huddersfield in fourth, Fulham in fifth. And uh, it was Leeds United who uh, were the lucky ones that got up into sixth place. So That Wednesday, sounds like a tasty semi. Wednesday, which is what I specialise in, Wednesday didn't play <laughs> Huddersfield in the playoffs. Instead, they faced Leeds United in the semi-final, um, which obviously Wednesday, in my tale, are going to go through. 2-1 uh, yeah. in both legs. At every Wednesday goal coming from Ati Nuiu, who quite simply loved a goal <laughs> against Leeds United. Um, and it was Wednesday into the final against... Fulham this time around, who would okay. beat a Huddersfield in the semis in the other uh in the other time. So it's Fulham Wednesday in the final and at the second time of asking, it is Sheffield Wednesday that do get promoted in their second That's trip big. to Wembley in two years. Um actually no, they didn't make it to Wembley the previous season, but they do this one. Um but it is a one nil win courtesy of a Fernando Forestieri goal. Um brilliant. Which is brilliant. So Wednesday have gone up. Uh, Leicester still in the championship. What else is going on? Well, you might remember that Derby County, under Nigel Pearson, went up the year before. And uh, in their first season in the Premier League, they stayed up by the very, very finest of margins, finishing 17th place. Uh, His most sort of memorable aspect of that season, uh, Nigel Pearson, was uh, going on another rant uh, at a journalist, calling him an ostrich again, um, by way of sort of apology and sort of a PR stunt Uh, Derby County paid for new research funding to the Derbyshire Ornithological Society, which is a real (laughs) society. Uh, Ornithology is the study of birds, for those of you that are uneducated. Uh, I'll be honest, when you said it at the start, (laughs) I found it funny, but I'd be lying if I said I knew what it was. So I'm glad (laughs) you've clarified. Anyway, that's a bit colourful report. Um, Tottenham, being the new Premier League champions, they had the pick of the uh, managerial market under... um, uh, under, hang on, yes, they are the pick really? of the managerial market after Poch left the PSG. Yeah. Um, so they swooped for former Italy manager Antonio Conte, who obviously in really? real life, okay. they, he won the league with Chelsea in this year. Yeah. Therefore, Chelsea went for a man who is currently seen as the best up-and-coming young British manager in the whole league, Sean Dyche, who had obviously just come Jesus. off that fourth-place finish with Burnley on an absolute shoestring. Uh, and if you're now wondering who takes over at Burnley, that would be David Moyes, who then goes on to establish them as a successful Premier League club forevermore. Uh, what has David Moyes done to deserve that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but uh, they do sadly get knocked out of the Champions League, uh, which they did qualify for. I did consider an arc where Burnley won the Champions League, but I decided against it. Um Just a tad too far. But none of these clubs win the Premier League. Derby County had actually parted company with Nigel Pearson in the summer and had appointed former Chelsea manager and renowned football hipster Andre Villas-Boas as first team manager. And if you're wondering where the freak title win comes in in this tall tale, it is right here. AVB, Andre (laughs) Villas-Boas leads Derby County of all clubs to an unlikely 5,000 to 1 Premier League title. And let me tell you, their squad is just as full of, as full of narrative. Okay. The PFA Player of the Season this year was Tom Ince, a man who was currently having to live up Jesus. to his father's career. Young Tom finally did so. Top scorer was David Nugent, man who was consistently dubbed not good enough for the Premier League. He broke Alan Shearer's record for a number of hat-tricks in a season by notching six separate hat-tricks, and he scored 27 <laughs> goals in total. Richard Keogh was their captain. He perpetually gets his leg in one piece. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, he perpetually gets memed onto air. uh He formed a centre back partnership with Alex Pearce that kept fifteen clean sheets that year. And who was running round in the middle next to academy prospect Will Hughes and Golo Kanté, who had been was. discovered on English shores a year later than real life, but it was Derby who would snatched him up out of Can at the start of that season. So it, by the end of the to season, be fair, Derby and Can are
0: very similar places to work, aren't they?
1: Yeah, you know, I, 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 I would imagine you wouldn't know which one you are in if you would just sort of <laughs> drop there. Um, but by the end of the season, inexplicably, it is Andre Villas-Boas and Derby County lifting the Premier League trophy. The team that held the record for the lowest points tally in the Premier League season, they finally redeemed themselves, and the Derbyshire Ornithological Society did their bit. Uh, when a new species of bird was discovered in 2017, um, instead of it being dubbed Pica acerensis, which is the Latin <laughs> name, which is a stupid name, it was aptly called Darbicus counticus, or the Brilliant. AVB mag- uh, magpie. Uh, side note, <laughs> there was actually a new species of magpie discovered that year in real life, uh, found in the juniper forests of Saudi Arabia. Uh, if, you wanna, if you want to if you want to learn more, read a book. Um, <laughs> And finally, just to tap, here just to, just to cap off the little derby uh, winning the league arc. Instead of Andrea Bocelli serenading Leicester for their trophy lift, uh, Derby County had One Direction performing at Pride Park because Niall Horan is apparently a Derby County fan. Uh, oh, so, cheers. so there's your Premier League story, fairy tale Premier League uh, win, Christ. whatever you want to call it. But that's not quite where the story actually ends this year. In real life. Leicester had a Champions League run to contend with this year um, and got to the quarterfinals. Now, the fact that Tottenham had won the league that year, uh, they took on Leicester's run in the competition and found themselves in a first knockout round tie against Sevilla, who had made it to the Champions League, having won the Europa League final against Tottenham in the previous season. Well, in real life, Leicester beat Sevilla. But here it's Sevilla who do the double over Tottenham. And move on to the quarters against Atletico Madrid. Now this is actually where Leicester exited the competition in real life. But now Sevilla, yeah. still managed by Unai Emery, let's not forget they it sets up a uh, after it gets set up a Sevilla versus Atletico quarter final. It's Sevilla who beat Atleti over two legs to find themselves in the semi-finals of the Champions League, a semi-final that just so happens to be a third all Spanish tie in a row. Real Madrid against Sevilla and it is another Unai Emery masterclass it's nil nil in both legs Sevilla win on penalties oh brilliant Ronaldo missing the crucial penalty which sets up a final Champions League final against Massimo Allegri's Juventus Um, if you like this is the Dani Alves derby Uh, I completely forgot that he played in that final for Juventus. I think he was only there for like one or two years and he got to like two Champions League finals because he's the best right back of all time. Fucking class, yeah. Um, So, Champions League final, Sevilla versus Juventus, which is a cracking Champions League final as well. Um, One thing that I will not change uh, is that Mario Mandzukic screamer, if you remember that. If you've not seen that, Google it. Um, I remember it almost too well. (laughs) That's absolutely staying in. Um, and that's how Juventus took the lead in, the, in this one. But it's goals from Vicente Ibora, who did have a brief stint at Leicester he in went real to life. Leicester? He certainly yeah. did. Vicente Ibora levels it up 1-0, and then former Real Madrid youth player Pablo Sarabia gives Sevilla and Unai Emery a famous Champions League win. Um, just note that now Unai Emery has won four European competitions in a row now he is seen as the absolute cream of the managerial crop. He's the dog's dick now. He's absolutely where it's at. And, you know, with a freak season in the Premier League where Derby County have won the title, a lot of clubs are looking for a managerial upgrade. So, 2017-18. To be honest, more or less where the story ends. Um, Unai Emery ends up going to Barcelona initially, where he re-establishes them as the dominant football club in Europe. Uh, Once again, you know, he wins. I think he wins a treble in there. You know, he's a cracking manager. I actually think he got done a little bit dirty Arsenal, but you know, let's say no more I about. Feel like it. Arsenal make everyone look shite. Yeah, I think they do. Um, Derby end up sacking Avb midway through their title defence season because they're they're finishing bottom half, much like the Leicester story. You know, you can't keep up that sort of uh, yeah that sort of form basically, which is what it was. But they did put together statistically one of the worst title defences uh, of any <laughs> club, but they did stay up. Avb gets replaced with Itor Karanka, it is, uh, who manages to keep Derby up. Uh, but at the end of that season, uh, Itor Karanka leaves Derby, and it is Frank Lampard who takes over at Derby oh, in gee. the Premier League this time, uh, where he oversees them getting relegated back down the Championship where yes. they belong. Um, Absolutely, if, what should be happening. <laughs> if you're wondering what happened to Wednesday uh, in their what? first season in the Premier League, um, they stayed up. They did have to sack Carlos midway through the champ- uh, mid through the season, but they did stay up, so you know, um, probably just about worth it. Um, <laughs> but Avb, after leaving Derby, he ends up taking over at Chelsea again after they have sacked Sean Dyche, Good and uh, he actually wins the Premier League with Chelsea in 1718 and 1819. His comeback, he's a more mature manager. He's no longer aged about 29, which he was when he took over at Chelsea. And uh, <laughs> he's doing his thing. To be fair to AVB as well, he's actually having a cracking stint at the moment with Marseille. Um, Marseille, yeah, he's doing well. He is a proper football manager. But what this means <laughs> Contrary to all belief a few yeah. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what this means, because Chelsea AVB do the uh, uh, win the league twice in 17, 18, 18, 19, uh, this means that Pep never wins the league with Manchester City at all. He's hounded out as a bald fraud, and he's replaced (laughs) by Unai Emery, who had just come off the back of a treble with Barcelona. And the battle for the top of the Premier League is contested forevermore by Andre Villas-Boas and Unai Emery. Of all the pairs of managers that could dominate the Premier League for years to come, I'm sure Klopp's in there somewhere, but could Jurgen Klopp compete with the managerial nous of Unai Emery and Andre Villas-Boas? I don't think so. I I don't think he could. And uh, overall, perhaps... It's a more unlikely story than Leicester winning the league in the first place. But that is what would have happened had Leicester been relegated the year before they won the title. And if you're wondering if you're wondering what happened to old Nigel Pearson, as a former Shepherd Wednesday captain, he's the man who replaced Carlos Carvajal as the Shepherd Wednesday manager to back, keep yeah. them in the Premier League in seventeen eighteen. And without tempting fate, we know that good things happen to clubs the season after Nigel Pearson keeps you up in the Premier League so (laughs) do Wednesday go on to win the Premier League I don't know but that that concludes my tall tale as to what might have happened had Leicester really been relegated in the 2014-15 Premier League season it's a great tall tale I
0: really enjoyed that thank you uh you saved it at the end, I'll be honest. <laughs> I would say you saved it, but I was just absolutely stunned that of all the teams. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that I may know that the listeners may not. You fucking hate Derby. Yeah. You with, can't stand them. I really Of can't. all the kind of middling that probably should get promoted but never do because they're frauds. Yeah. Kind of teams in the championship. For you to choose Derby. Yeah. I was stunned. Yeah. Absolutely couldn't but be... but then you saved it by saying
1: that you know, at least implying that Wednesday have a little run. So yes. Yeah, they certainly do, all and, right. and it's because uh in real life for that playoffs, Nigel Pearson was in charge of uh Derby for the like the briefest stint is I was gonna say I don't remember tenure. that at all. It just he, he, he took over McLaren in like the March and he left in like the June, but he had the playoffs right. to look after. But um I oh, wasn't that weird like Derby were top going into like Christmas and then they absolutely fell apart. Yeah, they completely capitulated. Yeah. I remember it well That's because crazy. a lot of my uh all my mum's side of the family are mainly Derby fans. So um yeah, yeah remember that period. At the time, I remember being worried. Now I look back on it with fondness as just another <laughs> another chapter in the in the story of Derby being a, a fraud team. Interesting
0: history of Derby Cat. I remember was that Darren Bent era? I remember Darren Bent banging goals in yeah. back then for Derby.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Darren Bent was knocked about Will Hughes Will um, Hughes was a baller, I like Will them Hughes. sorts of people. It was very good, and uh, the other thing he... that struck me in that tall tale is yeah. like
0: you were going through the derby team where it's like Richard mm. Keogh, Tom Ince, Will Hughes. There was another couple in there, I can't remember who it was, probably Nugent Jim Hendrick was there around then, Nugent. Yeah. Like, and I'm thinking, like, this sounds ridiculous, but then if you were to go through like the yeah. Leicester team, like Robert Hooth, Danny Simpson, that would probably would have sounded just as ridiculous and it's like S- shit like yeah. that we like
1: that was fucking mental that that happened. Oh, 100% it really it 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 sort of helped to write this one because yeah we give really ourselves do anything. Yeah, we will we pride ourselves on basing the events that we that we come up with as we sort of scale them to the ridiculousness of whatever happened in real life. So nothing that we put would ever be more than sort of 25% more unbelievable. Yeah. than what actually happened but because the lesser thing was what happened in real life was so out there i feel like it really gave me personally license to uh really fuck up the base a little bit and I yeah feel that's and I did. you
0: did and that's why i felt the license to let Leighton orient win the title in mine <laughs> they don't just to confirm just to confirm orient don't win the title no, but, that's a spoiler <laughs> well yeah just in case anyone's wondering Leighton orient are not mentioned i'll tell you behind. what i am tell you
1: what i'm wondering go on i'm wondering what happens in your tall tale I want to tell you, mate. I'm going
0: to tell you. Do you know what I like about it as well? Again, without giving anything away, is yeah. uh, there's a lot of kind of different. I go down different strands mm. um, to your good self. Good. But uh, I'm going to I'm going to tell you what happens, mate. So I'm going to I'm going to start my time up. I'm not going to do it until I tease. Mm. I'm going to tease you, Warren, and mm. uh, everyone out there. I'm a teaser. Let me tell you. This is how. Leicester getting relegated in 2015 leads to final day of the season miracles. Okay. It leads to records being equaled, if not broken. <laughs> okay. It leads to pantomime villains. Yeah. Four crucial penalties by one underrated Spanish midfielder. Ooh. Okay. The most popular FA Cup final match winner of all time, arguably. Mm. And finally, Alan Pardew managing a football match. At the camp, no. (laughs) I won't believe it. (laughs) Well, just you wait. So, I've decided to start my tale a little bit later than you, essentially. Mm. Uh, This is going to be a meaty one as well, by the way. So, 4th of April, (laughs) 2015, is where I've started mine. And it's a game that I myself attended. It was Leicester City against West Ham United at the King Power Stadium. And the exact moment that I've pinned it down to is on the day in real life. Andy King, who was one of many, many, many bogey men for West Ham, always scored against us. Mm. He scored an 86th minute winner, 86th minute winner for Leicester. They won two-one. Now, I'm pretty sure I've told you this many a time, but you know, to the listener, I've always firmly believed that Leicester would never have won the Premier League title without West Ham, and this is the reason why. This game is the sole reason why. Going into the day, Leicester without Leicester were without a win since the 10th of January. Since that point, they've yeah. got just two points from a possible 24. Coming into the weekend, they were bottom, seven points from safety with only nine games left. So that's 27 points to play for, seven points from safety. And in their previous 27, they've only got five points. So when you think they need to get seven, but they only got five from the last lot, it, you know, it, seems, it seems tough. Enter the, uh, the ever banter in West Ham United, who uh, that season <laughs> actually beat Leicester on the 20th of December, which put us fourth at Christmas. Yeah. Uh, but since that game, uh, we'd won just two games, both at home to relegation fodder Hull and Sunderland. One of them, to be fair, was the week before. And I actually remember this game very well because uh, it was late the Afrosacco winner. Might be his it was. last mention. Oh. Um, and it's a game that I remember being absolutely fantastic fucking turgid it was awful (laughs) i never leave games early but this one i left five minutes early missed the goal and i went to uh, a family event where i was taught how to play the game of crib if Mm. you're interested and that was more exciting than the football crib is not an entertaining game i still don't (laughs) understand it but it was fucking better than sunderland at home i'll tell you that right now but anyway yeah west ham were essentially on the beach Mm. from december onwards allardyce knew his contract was running down it the whole thing was a mess Coming into the game, we're closer to the bottom three than we are the top four, even though we were full for Christmas. So Leicester couldn't have had a better game. They've not won since the start of January. They couldn't have picked a better game. Yeah. And on the day, in real life, they went 1-0 up. Esteban Cambiaso volley, who, by the way, what a chant. Yeah. I would I would argue the only chant that's better is to the same tune, Morgan and Malfotano, rather than Esteban Cambiaso. But that's just me.
1: Well, you know, you, you, you're you missing out Jose Cimino there but there, There's slide. a few good ones to that <laughs> tune. My favourite tune of a football
0: charm. Um, David Nugent actually come up in your tooltale. He missed the penalty mm. at 1-0. Did and he? And then mm. uh, Big Kiyate, who Kiate okay. uh, who was on the back of this very shirt that I'm wearing, the 15-16 away top mm. for West Ham United. Underrated as well. I feel, I feel like West Ham fans forget how good he was for the first three or four years. But anyway, he scores an equaliser um, and then Andy King goes and gets a winner but except he doesn't it says a lot that we were even in this game, like that's how bad Leicester were, because we yeah. were awful at this point. But Andy King's goal, essentially what happens is Andre Crammerich gets the ball, miscontrols it, somehow comes back to Jamie Vardy, somehow prods it back to him, who's about ten yards out, he completely mis it, and yeah. it falls to Andy King, who just prods it in with his toe. I'm gonna say any one of them three things don't happen, because none yeah. of them should have happened. And uh, the game finishes one all, and that's the point where we start to diverge, like that meme yeah. where there's like a yeah. road and it's going off right. So that's what I'm doing now. Okay. So that's a bad. It's a bad day for Leicester. They've only got a draw in the most winnable game they could have requested <laughs> in that league. And on that same day, relegation rivals QPR got a four-one win at West Brom. Wow. And that's actually going to spark. Just in case you're interested, you had Burnley doing the great escape. For me, it's mm. QPR that sparks their great escape. Uh, while well, Sunderland who were the team outside the bottom for uh, bottom 3 sorry that day they scored a 1-0 win in the Tyne-Wear derby do you remember that the
1: volley that like oh I unbelievable do remember that. Was Defoe that, volley was that when oh no that wasn't De Canio um street no uh, that doing was that was the 3-0 where David Vaughan scored an unreal volley
0: but yeah, yeah i remember that was, the Defoe that was de canio that was yeah i can't remember was that Poit? might have been Poit. i don't Ooh,
1: know it was it was, anyway, it Alfred...
0: it was oh, might have been. It It could have been... It might have been Africa. I don't know. Either way, it was some, it some was a- outrageous volley. So yeah. end of the day, Leicester sit bottom, eight points from safety, eight mm-hmm. games to play,
1: mm-hmm.
0: no spark at all. They go to West Bromwich next week. There's ten minutes left in real life. They're two one down, mm-hmm. but then they spin it back and win three two. Not in this universe. There's uh, mm-hmm. there is a late goal, but it's all it is is a clincher for the Albion. Uh, Victor and HB on the break three one. Yeah. Seven games left, eight points from safety. Uh, The next three games, they only take one point, meaning that with four games left, 12 points to play for, Leicester are 10 points adrift. And it's looking like this is game over. Mm. To have any hope of survival, they need to beat Newcastle home. And they do. They win 3-0. It's goals Mm. from two from Ijoa and one from Wes Morgan. And uh, funnily enough, this was the game, if you remember, where John Carver accused Mike Williamson of... Deliberately getting sent off because oh, he couldn't be asked. That was that game. Jesus. Uh, so Leicester survive for another week. They get their 3-0 win against Newcastle. Or do they? Mm. Obviously, they need favours at this point. And Sunderland are in no mood for favours. <laughs> no mood at all. That day in the North East, it was a 2-1 win for Sunderland at the Stadium Alight against Southampton, and it mm. was two Geordie Gomez penalties. Oh, he was the a first player. two of four. A really good player. I really good a player was Geordie Gomez. He was good at Wigan. Yeah, he was. I, I think he went Wigan to Sunderland, didn't he? And yeah. I always liked him. Always rated Geordie Gomez. Anyway, he scores two penalties. They beat Southampton 2 1. And that means that Leicester need 10 points with nine to play for. Oh. Leicester are down with three games left. So bringing it forward to the summer, uh, famed ostrich lover, as we've already touched on Nigel Pearson, he sacked. He, you know, that was always going to happen. Um, so he's out. And there's two real candidates at the bookies, both mm. uh, freshly on the market, having had their contracts expire elsewhere. And neither of them are Ranieri. Mm. The first one, the first man, is uh, ex-Watford manager Slavisi Akanovic. Now, he's failed to agree a new deal at Watford, despite yeah. getting them promoted back to the Premier League that season for the first yeah, time since they got relegated in, I think it was 07. So that's a long time they've been out. And I'm not saying I was a keen watcher of Watford that year, but just looking at the stats and everything like that, they scored the second-most goals in the league. Only mm-hmm. Bournemouth, who won the league, got more. They scored four or more goals on six separate occasions that season, including they whacked seven past Blackpool at one point. And they had people, you know, the likes of Dini, the likes of Agalo, the likes of Matty Vidra,
1: the likes of Forestieri. Oh, yeah. Do on remember, the face do, of it... Do you remember why they didn't get uh, top spot because it was oh. a late Nuiu goal at vickers Road. If you go I on, if you go on any of them, um, you know, uh, best football limbs Twitter accounts, and you scroll through enough, you'll see the the late Nuiu goal <laughs> that takes the title away from Watford because Bournemouth win on the last day and they get a draw against us last minute. New I, you, do anyway. you know what? I remember that because I remember Bournemouth won it. I want to say it was Charlton because
0: mm. I think I think I remember Robbo talking about that. Shout out, Robbo, he might be listening, and he said Bournemouth just absolutely killed him absolutely killed him, <laughs> and then you did that. But anyway, on the face of it, Watford look like a free-scoring team. You know, yeah. a lot of attacking talent. The other candidate's a man I've already slagged off. It's a man who uh, has been out of contract, you know, just recently in May, but he's not really done a day's work since December. It's big <laughs> Sam Aldas. Um Now, credit where it's due. You know, what Leicester want to do is get promoted back up yeah. and then solidify and that's exactly what he did at West Ham. And along the way, specifically before Christmas in 2014, 15 and 2012, 13 as well, we did actually play some good football under our advice at times. Yeah. Um, but in the same breath, much of his reign is exactly what his reputation dictates. It was mm. workmanlike. It was practical. It was root one. We had Kevin Nolan. Mm. We're winning ugly to teams around us and away performances. We might as well just not fucking bother get off the bus. Um, but like I say, this is exactly what Leicester needed. They need to get back up and solidify. Mm. So what do you do? Do you go for the proven Big Sam? Or do you go for the maybe slightly more unknown quantity of Slavisa Yukanovich?
1: Mm.
0: Leicester made the wrong decision. Yeah. So Big Sam comes in. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Albeit Slavica hadn't even had a full year at Watford. he came in like the October and then yeah. went and got promoted. But, you know, can you really go on that? Should've so done. they've got Big Sam in. And... Um, there's a few changes here. Now, I think Leicester, as we've kind of already touched on, had the most rattle offable 11 yeah. in that Premier League I year of it, all yeah. time. Do
1: it right now. Schmeichel and goal, back four, Simpson, uh, Morgan, Hooth, Fuchs, midfield yeah. four, O'Brien, Drinkwater, Dringwater, Kante, Mares front two of Vardy and Okazaki. God, your mind is beautiful. <laughs>
0: Correct. That's exactly what I've got written down in front of me. But I've got a few more special mentions to people in mm. that squad of Leonardo yeah uh, Andy King, the man who didn't score the goal that kept him up. Yeah. And Andre Kramerich who was shit at Leicester, but he's now at Hoffenheim and actually pretty good. So yeah, I thought I'd that's a weird one, really. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's a few. Obviously, that team never materialises. Uh, just a couple of, you know, where some of them end up, just tying up a few knots, really. Mm. Uh, Schmeichel goes back to Man City, where he started his career. Oh, nice! Yeah. And he soon's become he soon becomes the number one after Joe Hart predictably shits the bed. Yeah. Uh, Christian Fuchs never joined Leicester. Obviously, That's he instead a real went shame. on a free to Swansea City, which replicates okay. one of the best free transfers I ever made in my Swansea City <laughs> FIFA 16 dynasty. Christian um, Fuchs cracking player. I liked him a lot. Oh, yeah, I really like Fuchs. He's a good player. Um, Riyad Mahrez uh, goes straight to Newcastle because he had French oh, League yeah. pedigree and that was around the spell where Newcastle signed in anyone that played a game of football in the French League. I see that. Um, Shinji Okazaki stays at Mainz for another year before eventually joining Southampton after Maya Yoshida put in a good word. Obviously, international <laughs> teammates. And and uh, Golo Kante. Well, he joins... My beloved West Ham United. We oh, Apparently, nice. how much of this is bullshit, I don't know. But apparently, we had also identified him. We were interested. It sounds like Golden Sullivan propaganda as soon as he mm. turned out to look any good. But yeah. apparently, we had also figured that he was going to be all right. I'm going to say they weren't bullshitting and we get him instead. Well, anyway, I won't believe it. Leicester, I don't believe it either. Mm. Leicester, they, uh, you know, they go into the championship and they're playing very functional football. 4-4-2. Four, four, fucking two. <laughs> uh, Some yeah. of the people they bring in, Kieran Westwood from your oh, boys very, comes in to replace Schmeichel. Uh, um, Paul Konchesky stays in the team, which is crazy that he was oh, playing football then. Completely forgot that. Um, Sam Allardyce brings in some players that he had at West Ham, actually. He brings in Matt Jarvis from West Ham and mm. he brings in Henry Lansbury, who he had on loan for mm. a year. When we were in the championship from Forrest, it was really good back then. He was single-handedly keeping Forrest up, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, he was a good
1: player. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, it's a decent team. But the front two is David Nugent, storied championship striker, mm. and Chris Wood, who they also had on their books. Good but because two. they were down, they didn't sell him off to Leeds. Yeah. You might be thinking there's a couple of names missing out here. The other three strikers they had in the squad, which don't get sold, are... Vardy, Ajoa, and Cramaric. And mm. you think Vardy, Ajoa, Cramaric, Nugent, and Chris Wood. As championship strike forces go, that could have been historic. That could yeah. have been some of the best attacking football you've ever seen. Unfortunately, the manager is Sam Allardyce. Mm. Um, so that doesn't happen. Uh, Wood and Nugent are the chosen two because Allardyce loves I'm a the big house, house, yeah. <laughs> Chris Wood. And he loves a season professional and knows the league, yeah. Nugent. Um, even though apparently he passed up on Vardy when he was at West Ham. But again, that's probably bollocks. Yeah. Um, the rest are largely reduced to bit-part roles other than one game where a more progressive 4-3-3 is trialled and it's mm. Vardy and Cramrich playing slightly wider to a central Chris Wood. And that ends up being a 5-1 win at home to promotion rivals Burnley at Ooh. the KP. And it's all five of them strikers score a goal. Nugent and Joa come off the bench and both score as well. And it seems like a what could be game. This could be what we do going forward. Yeah. Except it soon becomes a what could have been game because Big Sam is stubborn. He soon resorts to his trusty 4-4-2. And two yeah. games later, they lose 1-0 at Bristol City. <laughs> um, but however much he despite like he tries to ruin it, this is a good squad. And Leicester remain in the conversation at the top end of the table, mm. if not for automatic promotion. Um, leaving Leicester to scrap for a playoff spot. And they eventually get there, they finish sixth on 74 points. Edging out Sheffield Wednesday mm. by two points. Oh. Uh, which saves you a lot of Modi Army based PTSD.
1: Yeah, uh, funny
0: enough, you actually finished that season on 74 points two in real life, but not oh. in this universe. Because you drop an extra two points at home to Blackburn at the start of April. Ah, oh, Wednesday. Initially there was a two one win. Um, but it's a late penalty converted by Blackburn in this universe. And who scores it? It's Sunderland loney, Jordy Gomez, oh, whose uh, who's two penalties sent uh, sent Leicester down last year. He's got him in the playoffs this year. Oh, yeah, and true. that lands Leicester a semi final date with Brighton. Mm. Now, uh, as you're well aware, Wednesday won this game two 0 I know it's I'm a game well that aware. lives very kind of cherished in your memories <laughs> it does. Uh, because most of Brighton's team were in A and E by half time. Yeah, um, it was beautiful scenes. That still happens. That's fated where they've had to make all three subs after like 20 minutes. Yeah, But Allardyce, naturally, doesn't change shape because he's a knob. <laughs> um, so they just see out a nil-nil draw. No bother. Comes to the second leg. Lewis Dunk puts Brighton 1-0 up as as fated. Mm. And that makes it 1-0 in the tie. And Leicester don't really look a threat until it gets to about 20 minutes from the end and they've got to just pump everyone on. Everyone comes on the pitch. Yeah, Kieran Westwood comes... Uh, launches a ball up with a couple of minutes left. Yeah. And it's a bit like a Hail Mary in the NFL going back mm. to the uh, American football that I was watching <laughs> last night. And it's bobbling around all over the place just who's it going to drop to? Is it going to drop to the right man? It drops to the right foot of Jamie Vardy who oh. on the half volley absolutely slaps one. Yeah. And you can imagine him like giving the Brighton fans a load of shit and oh, then yeah. running towards the away end at the Amex. That's his meat and drink.
1: <laughs>
0: and he forces extra time. But of course, now you've got five attackers on the pitch. How are you going to defend that? Big Sam tries to go back to his usual shape and play for penalties which includes like Vardy playing left midfield yeah. and Chris Woods probably playing centre it just don't work it's an extra time praise from little Sammy Baldock just oh. because I wanted to include him Glancing really bullet nice header. bloke uh, a glancing bullet header for the first one we'll say and probably the second as well hmm. and uh, Brighton go through to the final on penal- uh, not on penalties 3-1 after extra time where of course they lose 1-0 because Modi Armé is oh. inevitable um he is inevitable and of course in the west ham united squad of 2012-13 the army does yeah. outrank bulldog so it's true yeah. therefore that happens anyway summer 2016 discontent had been growing at leicester mm. city and uh, it's just because of the negative football and that wasn't lost on the owners like the nil-nil in the semi-final it felt like that encapsulated it that's a game to go and attack this is your home leg and you just yeah. don't, don't go and do it the next year felt like a make or break year for a Premier League quality squad mm. which you know how long can you cling on to that and Aldice didn't really have the fans on side at all mm. and so shortly after the semi-final exit he was sacked after just one year at the helm the owners didn't like the direction the club was going mm. and this is a really interesting moment because it splits opinion across the football landscape you've got Leicester fans who are happy to get rid of him for the most part yeah, and you've got fans of former clubs like West Ham and Blackburn maybe who very much sympathise with them, know exactly what they mean. Yeah. But then you've got all the neutrals and especially the media. All these be careful media. what you wish for. That's exactly right, Warren. That's exactly right. That's the line that is just peddled everywhere from the big old rhetoric of big Sam cliches and yeah. be careful what you wish for everywhere. So Leicester's next appointment is an important one. And it's an attacking one. They need to go attacking. And it's a man, for not he's not really known for having any defensive mind at most times but he does play attacking football. He was uh, just recently sacked for a 12th place finish in the Premier League with Everton. It's Roberto Martinez who comes in Ooh, at the KP. Yeah. Definitely not a man that likes defending, but Absolutely you know, he's not. got an FA Cup on his books. He The year before he got sacked to Everton, I remember them all saying, oh, he's so much better than Moyes, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think he's got some pedigree. I used to really like him until I did. I, I was exposed to more of him
1: and then <laughs>
0: <laughs> sort of changed my mind. Uh, but yeah, what does all of this mean? Of the striking options, the only man to leave is David Nugent, who ends up going to Leeds, which is where Chris Wood should be. Yeah, But uh, Wood, Ulloa, Vardy and Cramrich are all convinced to stay. And Martinez actually brings in a couple of other exciting prospects. The standout is a young winger from Arsenal who's yet to really prove himself at the club. And he gets a loan move to try and prove himself. That's right. Serge Nabry is uh, at Leicester City on loan. But what does that all mean? this Leicester team is now breaking all kinds of records, all kinds of records, or at least equaling them. Maybe not breaking them, they're equaling them. They come firing out the traps. The front two are rotating around quite a lot and they're all scoring. And yeah, sure, Leicester are conceding, but they're almost always scoring more. We'll score more than you. Mm. All four strikers by the end of the year would have 10 plus league goals at the end of the season. And a big reason for that is uh, by Vodka and Charlie and Dorsey himself, Jamie Vardy, who actually only lasts till the uh, January but oh, no. just like he did in real life, one year later and one league lower down, you know, I couldn't find the championship records, but I'm mm. just going by Premier League records here. Uh, Vardy equals uh, Rude Van Nistelrooy's record of 10 consecutive matches with a goal uh, by notching a 4-2 win away at Ipswich Town, already been mentioned, down at Portman Road. Yeah. Before one week later, he then goes and scores the opener in a 2-1 home win against Wolves. And in doing that, that obviously brings him to the magic number of 11, yeah. where he equals the record of goals in consecutive games previously set by the Sacco. <laughs> I'll get that. I will get that. <laughs> okay. He wouldn't go on to uh, match the record of Sheffield United's Jimmy Dunn in 1931-32, who apparently scored in 12 in a row. Mm. Um, but he would score his move to the Premier League. And like I say, his form was so good that come January, Leicester were flooded with offers. And when the offer yeah. comes in, to join Premier League champions Arsenal. I'll get there as well. I promise you I'll get there. (laughs) Vardy can't turn it down. Obviously, he turned them down in real life uh, when Arsenal come in. But it's a £20 million deal. It's a great deal for Leicester because not only have they got cover with Ajoa and Wood and Crammerich, but they've also uh, got the permanent rights to Serge Gnabry chucked in. So he's Mm. now full-time a member of the Leicester City bandwagon. And there's not really a great deal to dwell on this season. Leicester walk the league. They piss it they top it with 106 points, My word. which matches the previous record. Reading. Again, equaling it. Reading in 2006, mm. cracking knowledge from you. And the uh, promotion's long been long been confirmed when Leicester win 3-1 at home to Sheffield Wednesday uh, with four games left. Cramrich with the opening goal and then goals from Huth and Lansbury. Mm. Uh, that puts them on the brink of a title with 101 points. The only team that can catch them at this point, they're already promoted, uh, but the only team that can catch them is Brighton, obviously mm. beaten in the playoff final the last year. And uh, they're on 89 points with a game in hand when they play host to Wigan Athletic, who are fighting relegation at this point. Mm. Uh, Brighton are winning 2-1 before Wigan handed a late penalty. And it's that man again. Two all. Fourth, <laughs> fourth penalty of the episode. Geordie Gomez <laughs> equalises. That's full time. And it's a title for Leicester City. Leicester are back in the Premier League. Mm. But what's been happening there? What the fuck's been happening in the Premier League, I you ask? Well, one and else. I'll tell you. Without the romantic Leicester story in 2015 16, the title that year, or just you know, at the top of the table, comes a capital showdown. All mm. eyes are on London Town, the big smoke. But yet, Chelsea actually still implode that year. So, what's going on? Who's mm. fighting for the title? The first two are anticipated, second and third, respectively, that year were Arsenal and Tottenham, as you've mm. touched on. They are two of the four. The next contestant is West Ham United. <laughs> Who had Oof. a romantic final year at Upton Park? Anyway, had it not been for refereeing decisions, we would have been in the top four anyway. And you know, I will not go into the refereeing decisions. 2015. That's such Bilic. a low. That's such a loaded statement. Had it not been for refereeing decisions, <laughs> I-, I could rattle off about seven right now, but I'm not going to do it. We had <laughs> Billich playing. We had some brilliant football. Slam Billich, my favourite man in football. We had Piatt doing magical things. We had Lanzini, who was fantastic. Antonio hit the ground running. Carroll's only kind of year where he stayed yes. largely fit. Mark Noble was like prime in Esther for most of that year. And then you imagine that N'Golo Kante was in that team as well. Yeah. That's a that's a good team. It's a good team. And the fourth team that are obviously fighting at the top there is uh Crystal Palace. Uh Ooh. in real life on New Year's Day, Palace were fifth in the league, two points clear of West Ham, actually. And looking very good before Alan Pardew went and Pardewed it. Yeah. And uh, they didn't win another game until the night of (laughs) April. And they ended up finishing 15th. Nice.
1: Um,
0: But with Leicester out of the picture, I'm saying Palace with a bit of the fairy tale there. Mm. And uh, they push at the top of the table as well. So for the first time ever, the top four is exclusively from the same city. And it's all from the big smoke.
1: Yeah.
0: In fourth place, you've got uh, Crystal Palace representing the south. In uh, third place, (laughs) you've got representing the east, West Ham United. Yeah. Uh, and then the top two represent the North. Uh, we don't need anyone from the West. Um, no. Tottenham in no second. In the in the West. And Arsenal winning the title. Ooh. But I don't know if you remember how Arsenal finished above Tottenham that year. Uh, Tottenham go into the last two games of that season, three points clear of Arsenal. Mm. So if they're going for a title, you think, you know, the ball's in their court. They should be winning this. Match day 37, Arsenal play first and they draw two or Man City, mm. meaning Tottenham's crowning should be home game against Southampton. But Tottenham bottle it. It's Spursy. They lose 2-1. Yeah. Meaning, Arsenal go into the last game of the season, two points behind with one game left. Mm. But again, this should still be settled because Arsenal, they're both playing against teams actually that are already relegated. Arsenal are at home to already re- relegated Villa. Yeah. Tottenham are away at already relegated Newcastle. Arsenal hold up their end of the bargain. It's a 4-0 win last season against Villa. And it's a Giroud hat trick who is as beautiful yeah. as ever. Maybe yeah. his prime, both in looks and ability. Um, and they're waiting for a miracle from St. James's Park. And fucking hell does it happen. As on the final day of 2015 16 in real life, in the most unbelievable fashion, the Spursy curse is ended because nothing will ever top this. Tottenham lose 5 1 to yeah. New- already relegated Newcastle, um, who the next season would then go and finish runners up to Leicester in the championship. Ah. But, interesting. It's just mm. more colour for the report. But essentially, all you need to take away from this is Tottenham could have won the title and lose 5-1.
1: Was that not mm. a, a Wijnaldum hat trick? I seem it to remember. could have
0: been. I remember Moose's Soko being around there somewhere. Yeah. Um, I definitely remember Wijnaldum. It was that, it, probably Mares at this point. Mm. Yeah, um, point. But yeah, anyway, it's the first title in the Emirates era for Arsenal. Brilliant. Uh, whose fans don't know whether to celebrate or just laugh. So it's not Jamie Vardy having a party, Warren. No. It's Mo Elneny having a jamboree. It's Alexis Sanchez having a shindig. Player of the year, by the way. And more than anything, it's Arsene Wenger having a bender. Oh, yeah. I should hope so
1: too, Arsene. Oh, yeah, of course.
0: But that's I'm going to wrap up the other two London teams, just if you'll allow me. Uh, West Ham and Palace. It's been great seasons for the both of them. Yeah. But Obviously, the main story of the season, other than Tottenham monumentally bottling the title, is D'Aphra Sacco's storied run of 11, 11 consecutive games with a goal. What a uh, The year before, he'd actually managed six consecutive, mm. albeit one of them was a cup game. But, you know, was, he's got form for, you know, when he gets hot, Sacco gets hot. Wasn't that the start of the season? Yeah, Sucking. it was literally as soon as we signed him. And yeah. he, he was like Liverpool, United, he got one. I think QPR, he, got one, he, he went about six or seven. It I, I was six, I just looked it up. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, the year after. A otherwise unremarkable two-one win at home to West Brom mm. on the 29th of November was made very remarkable when uh, Saka scores in the, Saka scores in the 83rd minute to win the game and beat Van Nistelrooy's record, which would then nice. be equaled by Vardy the next year. But the best thing about West Ham Paladin's tale the is they both culminate in the same place, and it's the FA Cup final. Oh, now. Palace made the final that year, anyway. Yeah. If you remember rightly, uh, beating Watford two one in the semi final. Do you remember the scorer of the winning goal in that semi final? Jason Puncheon. It wasn't. He scored in the final. Ah. The winner in the semi was Big Connor Wickham, your boy. Was it con? Oh. It was Connor Wickham who got the winner. Uh, but uh, the, fi- the final was against United. Yeah. But if you know me, you know that my personal biggest like what if in football is the quarter final tie at Old Trafford in the FA Cup final that year where following that genuinely outrageous Pirate free kick, I don't yeah. think I've ever been so happy in my life. Absurd. Um, the referee then saw, you know, if the referee saw for the equalising goal for Man United, Bastian Schweinsteiger just run into Darren Randolph. <laughs> he literally just runs into him, knocks him over, Martial puts it in an empty net and somehow he, he don't see it. I, I, to this day, cannot fathom how the referee doesn't see this. It anyway, sounds like
1: a tall tale uh, in itself, potentially. I mean,
0: I'm going to cover it here, though.
1: Okay, <laughs> let oh, me tell yeah, cover it here,
0: kind of. But yeah, I'm going to say that the ref does, you know, have the gift of vision. Sees <laughs> Bastian Schweinsteiger off the ball, nowhere near the ball, just run into our goalkeeper. Yeah, and West Ham see out a one 0 win. So that puts us into the semi-finals to set up a two-one win in the semi-finals over Everton. At that point, managed by Roberto Martinez. Mm. And uh, just like in the league fixture that year, it's an injury time Dimitri Payet winner. Brilliant. So uh, we go to the final, West Ham Palace, and the scoreline's faded again. It's uh, a 2-1 win for West Ham. But how oh, do we get there? Fantastic. Punchen, as you mentioned. Palace take a 78-minute lead. Three minutes later, West Ham it back. It's uh, Manuel Lanzini who loved the goal against Palace. Always loved the goal against Palace. And then we go to extra time, and it's the most popular scorer of an FA Cup winning goal of all time. And Golo Kante on oh, 110 N'Golo. minutes with a sweet strike from the edge of the box. Smangs it. Smangs it? He smangs it <laughs> past Wayne Hennessy. Go and on, uh, the image of him just smiling, that trademark smile he does when he scores. Just like a little fist just,
1: bump. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah.
0: And then <laughs> you've got loads of dancing cockneys who don't know what to do. And Mark Noble essentially clears the guy out <laughs> as he wins West Ham's fourth FA Cup in their history in their last year at Upton Park in this very shirt that I'm wearing. Oh, it goes down in history. And uh, I feel like this was coming because I gave Millwall an FA Cup in the last episode. Yeah. Tottenham one in the one before that. So you, this you this was well do. Yeah. But I want to just wrap another couple of things up. Um, I'm going to go over here. I hope you're uh, aware that's of that. Fine that's fine. I'm very much fine. enjoying it. Um, the 2016-17 Champions League. I'm only going to touch on where West Ham and Palace go because it's yeah. interesting <laughs> that both of us are in the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, Despite the FA Cup, some things at West Ham never change. Uh, we can't play in London and the recruitment from Gold, Sullivan and Brady remains mm. fucking horrendous. Always has been, always will be. And this summer was potentially our worst ever. And that's saying mm. a lot given how bad they are. Um, it is fated that our first game in Europe at the new stadium is a 3-0 win, except it's in the group stages against Monaco rather than Slovenian outfit, outfit M- NK Domzale, mm. I believe they are. It's a Kiate brace on the back of this shirt. Oh, and uh, Sofian Fagouli, who was shit. I remember um, him. <laughs> but from that point, the wheels fall off. Uh, we drop into the Europa League, where it's a 2 all draw at home to Ghent to seal a 3-2 defeat on aggregate. And we drop out at the round of 32. Mm. Palace is a bit more exciting. They get drawn in a dream group that includes a piss-up away at Celtic oh, brilliant. and a dream tie. Away at Barcelona, well, oh, and at home, obviously cracking, Barcelona oh. will have to come to Selhurst as well. Oof, uh, the fortress, just to wrap a cu- fortress Selhurst. Um, <laughs> just to wrap up a couple of them, the away trip to Celtic ends in a three-all cracker. Oh, that's brilliant! Um, but the next game week, Palace go at Catalonia, and it's Pardew finally on the stage he deserves, well, at least he feels <laughs> like he deserves. And in one of the most famous clips in Champions League history: Pardew's Palace take an early lead, and it's summer signing. Christian Benteke who puts Palace 1-0 up at the Camp Nou Uh, but as for how that game finished uh, all I'm going to say is this Uh, four more goals were scored in the game Mm. and uh, just over four years later Wayne Hennessy would receive Budweiser bottle numbers 463 (laughs) 464 465 (laughs) and 466 due to the exploits of a magical little Argentinian and no in case any Palace fans are getting PTSD it's not Manuel Lanzini again Uh, Palace finished third in the group behind Barcelona and Borussia Mönchengladbach who were the other team in that group Good group. Uh, before bro. also going out in the Europa first knockout round uh, sealed by a 2-0 defeat to Fiorentina at Selhurst yeah, but again true. a lovely little uh, lovely little go for Palace a jaun. big old diversion there I've already gone over half an hour but I think I'm going to wrap <laughs> this up in five minutes because we're right. now coming to the end 2017-18 mm. we're back to Leicester mm. Leicester are back in the big time and it's a strong league, but they've, you know, they've got what it takes to stay up. They've got Wood and Crammerich now as like the established front two, which I'd yeah. say it's a good front two for a Premier League team. Big man, little man, and to add some, yeah, actually, I don't know how small Crammerich is. He's I feel small. like he's like five, just lanky. Eleven, yeah, yeah. Um, but to add some spice to it, sorry, to add spice to it, the pantomime villain of peace is back in management when Sam Allardyce oh. is hired as the coach of Everton halfway through the season. Oh God, yeah. And that's the narrative through the year. Allardyce doesn't have the same kind of boom he did in real life when he comes back at Everton in this universe. And so I kind of touch and go.
1: Mm.
0: At the time of his hiring, Everton was sat in 16th and only two points outside the bottom three. And I'm going to say they don't kind of get much more clear of that. Mm. While at Leicester, it's been a tough year. Uh, at the same time, when Allardyce gets hired, they're just a point above Everton. But we're going to fa- fast forward to the final day of the season. And this is the state of play. It looks, it looks bleak for Leicester. Let me say mm. that. Uh, West Brom and Stoke were already down behind them, while Leicester sit on 33 points. Ooh. The only team they can catch is Everton, who are on 36 and five goals better off on goal difference. Right. Now, compared to real life, Everton are 13 points worse off than uh, they were in real life here. Mm. So, how's that happened? Well, Leicester have had a little help from their friends, who they don't even realise are friends. Let me, uh, let me take you through. Amongst other drop points, there was a, quite a few drop points, but amongst other drop points, this has all happened this season. Right. 21st of August, 2017, Wayne Rooney's goal at the Etihad never happens because Edison's never brought in because Casper Schmeichel's in net. Mm. So, Edison gets something on Rooney's equaliser that day. Uh, but Casper he keeps it out rather than just puts it in his own bottom corner and City yeah. win that game 1-0. 3rd of February, 2018. Jamie Vardy scores a brace as part of Arsenal pummeling Everton 5-1 at the Emirates. Mm. 24th of February, 2018, Everton fall to a 1-0 defeat at Vicarage Road against Watford. But who's their current manager? It's Claudio Ranieri, who replaced Marco Silva back in January when he was sacked. And we're going to pause here for my favourite fact of football fate and how to change it so far that I found on Wikipedia about Ranieri. When Ranieri took over at Fulham, he replaced Slavisi Okanovic, who's already got a mention, Mm. And he was then replaced, once he was sacked, by Scott Parker. But when Ranieri was manager of Chelsea, his first signing was Slovisia Canovic, and his wow. last signing was Scott Parker. Wow. How unbelievable is that? That's, That's cracking. Mental. Yeah, anyway, that. we're going to move on to the final la- uh, last five weeks of the season. Right. Game week 34, 14th of April. It's a trademark Christian folk screamer, or at least trademark for my FIFA 16 career mode. I might see if I can put a little video of his goal away at Liverpool that still gives me kills <laughs> in my career mode. Um, but that turns a one all draw into a 2-1 Swansea win at Liberty. And incidentally, this keeps Swansea out of the final day scrap. Those okay. three points. Game week 35, 23rd of April, a Riyad Mahrez brace at Goodison turns a 1-0 loss into a 2-1 win for Newcastle with mm. Goodison. And game week 37, it's an injury-time goal at home to Southampton. They had been losing 1-0 in oh. real life. It was a ninety sixth minute Tom Davis goal, which brought it back to 1-0. But in this universe, the only injury-time goal in the 96th minute, it's on the break, and it's Shinji Okazaki. Yeah, And it's Southampton that wins in Which, incidentally, also keeps them out of the final day scraps. Mm. In real life, it was Swansea and Southampton that were the two down there. But this is the state of play. All comes down to this. Finals of the season, Leicester are away at Tottenham. So tough game. Yeah. Everton are away at West Ham so again the odds must be stacked against Leicester from stand up at this point you know they need to win at Tottenham mm. Everton need to lose and they need a five goal swing so you'd think the odds are you know about five thousand one ish ish if you had to put a number on it if you had to put a number on it and it's definitely around that number when it gets to half time, and there's no breakthrough in either game. Ooh. Big Sam's Everton are absolutely not going forward at all. They're stout no. defensively because all they need is a draw. Draw means they stay up. So he's not going anywhere. Whereas Leicester, they're at the brand spanking new Shite lane, which was hmm. built on time in this universe. Um, but they're wary of Tottenham on the break. They're, yep. you know, Tottenham have obviously got a lot. The second half begin, and within 10 minutes, there's been two goals both in the same net, both by the same team, both by the same player. It's 53 and 55 minutes. Ex-Arsenal man Serge Gnabry
1: oh.
0: has scored two, and Tottenham are 2 nil down to Leicester. Surely not. Surely not. Well, it looks like it's not going to happen. Again, no. I'm going to pull you back down. It's definitely looking at 5,001 yeah. now, because with 10 minutes left, there's no further goals to show. It's 2-0 at Leicester, still 0-0 at the mm. Solers Bowl. So there needs to be a three-goal swing in 10 minutes. On 83 minutes, it's 3-0 Leicester. It's Nabry again. He's got Ooh. his hat-trick. But Everton are still drawing. It's irrelevant. Nabry gets another on 88 minutes. It's 4-0 Leicester. But Everton is still drawing. What that does mean, though, is it's fated. Nabry was always going to score four goals at Shire Tart Lane. Yeah. Much like he did for Bayern Munich. And also, yes. Leicester were going to score four goals that day. Because in real life, they actually did. Except Tottenham scored five. This universe, they scored none. Mm. Um, so it's 4-0 Leicester. But again, Everton are still level. But what this does mean now is one West Ham goal means goal difference is even. Ooh. And they're on the same points, And obviously, Leicester have scored more goals because Everton's manager is Sam Allardyce. yeah. So obviously, Leicester have scored more goals. So one more goal and Leicester are safe. 90 minutes on the clock. Mark Arnavich has the ball and he plays a one-two with hilariously overrated by West Ham fans, João Mario. João yeah. Mario is like an ex where you're like, you're kind of years removed and you start thinking, oh, maybe she was right. And then you remember like, yeah. Everything was awful. They were absolutely terrible, but maybe it's better than fucking Jonathan Kaleri. Do you know maybe. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's absolute. He was. I, it, I can't describe why West Ham fans still think Jao Mario was functional for us. He was awful. I just wanted to get that off my chest. All right. Anyway, 1 2. Arnatovich beats Ashley Williams. Yeah. Gets to the byline, drops a ball in the box. All hands yeah. to the pump for Everton. They're defending for their lives, but the cross drops and there's one man underneath it. The only man unaccounted for in that penalty penalty area, and probably the smallest man on the pitch, <laughs> on ninety-one minutes in their title winning season in real life, the player's player of the season, and Golo Kanté plants probably the only headed goal of his career. Oh, you'd imagine past Jordan Pickford, a header. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone else, all the big fuckers are taken. So yeah. Kanté just walks little in, and no one bothers. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's just small. He can get into all the little nooks and crannies. <laughs> he nods it past Jordan Pickford. And Everton, with mere minutes left of the oh. time, drop into the bottom three. And that's how it stayed. Tottenham, nil, Leicester 4. West Ham 1, Everton nil, And inexplicably, Leicester have stayed up on the final day of that the season. And in doing so, Allardyce's precious record of never being sent down has been broken. At West Ham, his former club. At the expense of Leicester City, his former club. <laughs> and the expense of ex-Everton manager, Roberto but Martinez. Sorry. And at full time, there's two banners that are unfurled. One in the uh, new Bobby Moore lower at the Olympic Stadium and one in the away end at Shire Lane.
1: Mm.
0: One in West Ham Clarence Blue and one in Leicester Blue and White. But they both say the same message. The message is clear. A message to the world. Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Now, do Everton bounce straight back? Do Leicester solidify themselves in the Premier League after that? Do they ever go on and win it? I don't know, but I will. But the fans decide and that <laughs> is the end of my tall tale wow what a tale what a tale that yeah. was it clocked in at 38 i i was i was saying to you before i really needed to cut bits of that because i knew it was gonna no, go there's over, nothing that you i just cut did there. i didn't want to cut little bits i there was little things like i could have got rid of my little rant about Shower mario but i didn't want to do that
1: nah absolutely you know not.
0: i could have taken out the ranieri fact
1: but i didn't want to do that oh you couldn't have done i would have been fuming had i not heard that that's absolutely that's <laughs> splendid work from you. That's a cracking ending. Um, maybe the most United Spurs and West Ham fans... Uh, oh, no, I suppose it wasn't. It was Leicester fans that unfilled. Yeah, it was Leicester yeah. fans at Tottenham, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it. Tottenham
0: fans would have found it funny because I'm sure any kind of human football fan would find yeah. it quite funny, Allardyce being relegated like that.
1: But... It was kind of funny that Allardyce failed with Everton in real life anyway because it was like his first crack at a proper club. And, yeah. And uh, it just didn't do But you them. know
0: what? I don't... I think, like, table-wise, I think they finished top 10 still. It was just the football was so fucking Yeah, but they, they hated they, him, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, they binned him
1: after, what, it was the end of that season, wasn't it? They just got rid of him straight away. Yeah, they did. And then they didn't get a decent manager until uh, Carlo. But that be, be that as it may, cracking tall tale from you. I fully enjoyed it. It is interesting how it's maybe an interesting little... Uh, if anyone's listening, got any opinions on it, um, this tall I'll tale was a... Uh, a slightly different format one obviously because we just had a slightly more general topic to sort to of work with rather than a specific moment we had different it, it probably this is probably the most uh contrasting set of yeah, two tall tales we've had and i think that makes for good content so you know if anyone doesn't, but um no that was excellent i think that was a uh, Maybe two of our strongest hotels we've had, I'd say. Yeah, uh, they're up there. Albeit there's only been eight. So I think they both made top ten. Yeah, it's true. But um, talking of 5,000 to one
0: shots, I think Tottenham have just gone one nil up against Marine, Uh, which is sad. Not as sad as Crawley beating Leeds 3-0. Jesus Christ. Leeds were awful. Kiko
1: Garcia looks like he's never touched a football in his life. He looked like he was allergic to the thing. Yeah, but Tim, it's all right. Because Bielsa, you know, he just goes for it. You know, he just they're always attacking. And uh, it's good, you know.
0: <laughs> Listen, I like Bealter. I, I really do. Uh,
1: I do as well. I just hate Leeds. Unpopular opinion. But... Um, is it
0: unpopular? I feel like it's not.
1: No, that's the point. It's extremely popular. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's the end of the tall tale uh, for another oh, week. These are going to be yeah. on Spotify coming out a lot more regularly. Yeah, that is um, the change
0: that we meant to say. Is yeah. uh, Essentially, we've got to the point now where it was taken ages to put it on YouTube, but we still want to do that because yeah. we quite like the whole, uh, you know, visual effects we've got going on over there, albeit they're very clunky given neither of us can edit. <laughs> but, you know, they'll be coming on YouTube just a little bit later. We're always going to put them on Spotify first, yep. and then they'll come on YouTube when they come on YouTube.
1: Yeah. And unless anyone's
0: got a mate that edits videos, in which case, hook us up. Yeah, most definitely. We can't um, pay them because uh, we're, we're broke. But yeah.
1: they will <laughs> have the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing they helped. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we feel that the, uh, the video was ad- content so we're happy with them yeah. to come out a little bit later but uh you know if you're confused just subscribe on on youtube and do whatever you need to do on spotify to keep getting new content there and uh follow us on twitter at football fate pod we've got a little we've got a little side project going at the moment i alluded to it at the start of the episode but it's been quite fun yeah. tim i believe it's I like your it. turn i've got today. To, yeah it's
0: my turn to uh take the reins on that one today
1: and uh maybe i'll do someone
0: that was mentioned in this little video maybe i'll make it vaguely topical i mean oh, you brought oh, up okazaki the
1: other day which was topical. i did yeah uh so and, yeah
0: uh, we'll see how that goes but, but yeah i'm
1: excited i've got a real hankering to bring up christian fuchs as well now he's been brought up but uh... oh yeah
0: absolutely yeah i but, might uh, do that i might do that
1: you if, could well do that yeah why not if uh, anyone's
0: listening to it I'll make, I'll make it christian fuchs i'm gonna do that and if anyone's nice. listening to this and then sees the christian fuchs tweet you can tweet us and be like tim you salty fucker i know what <laughs> i know the story behind this
1: <laughs> do you know fun facts about christian fuchs just before we finish uh, he always wanted to play in the NFL after he finished football. Did he? Yeah.
0: I like that. Yeah. I like so, that. I, he's go. not got
1: the body shape at all. No. But Definitely. hey. Uh, maybe he has. I don't know. He could be a kicker. I reckon he could be a kicker. Well, that I was know, his. That was, I think that was his point because, uh, yeah. you know, not the biggest lad. But uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's football fighting how to change it for another uh, another league. Episode, four. I've, I've, episode bloody four. We nearly halfway through the season. That's pretty
0: mental, isn't we, it? We nearly are. We've yeah, put the unofficial 10 episodes in a season on
1: yeah and, completely uh, arbitrary yeah, we need to decide what episode five is gonna be because yeah we will if you've got any uh if you if you're listening to this and if you've got any suggestions for that any questions oh, yeah. about this tall tale or anything else that you simply want to say whack it in the comments or dm us on twitter we'll definitely get back to you because uh Probably. we're very nice people but uh we I've... are we
0: like and thank you to people that have reached out as well saying uh, they're enjoying the content there have been a couple of people yeah um, it's nice. To and hear. yeah thank you to them and uh we might get round to your little suggestions soon or we won't, but I like to think we will. <laughs>
1: we might not, but you know, maybe we will. But uh, I've, I've run out of things to say to him. If you want to sign I've us got off, absolutely nothing left to say. So,
0: with that being said, uh, everyone stay safe, uh, wash your hands, and uh, we'll see you in episode five. Thank you ever so much for listening. This has been Football Fate and How to Change It, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. As always, stay lucky, my good friends. Bye bye.